Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, Slick Mick the Ruler on, uh, on Periscope. There, welcome to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every week. We uh, we talk movies, comics, TVs, pop culture. Uh, we do it from a super secret location tonight because uh, we're doing a little special. Uh, normally, we do it from TalkingAlternative.com, which is down in uh, New York City. Uh, tonight, uh, you know, little little different. Um, got a little different little vibe. Happy holidays as well, too. It's good to see everybody there as well, too, chiming in. Um, and yeah, we, uh, like I said, we do this uh, every week, talking movies, comics, TVs, pop culture. Now, we've got a great show for you tonight, um, doing something special. Like I said, normally we, we stream from the Talking Alternative Studios in uh, New York City, but uh, today they're, uh, they're actually closed because, you know, it's the holidays. So we figured we'd do something um, <clears throat> a little special. Um, so we're streaming exclusively on our Facebook and Periscope pages. Periscope, uh, I'm at Michael underscore Dolce. And um, for the Periscope pages, uh, for the Facebook pages, it's, it's slash Secrets of the Sire. All right, well, unfortunately, we're getting, well, let's get into our, our wonderful sponsor, funfoodflip.com. Having that holiday get-together and looking for a way to entertain the kids, Fun Food Flip is the game for you. Each player gets held a, a gets held. I did this last week too. Gets dealt a hand of food cards and must come up with the most grossed, most interesting, and most delicious combinations for each of the four courses. Just wait to see what your kids come up with. If you like apples to apples, you'll love Fun Food Flip. Go to funfoodflip.com right now. Watch the video on their site and get a taste of the good times to come. Um, so yeah, so wanted to kind of do this in a kind of joyous way, but obviously we're going to start off with a little bit of sadness. Um, Carrie Fisher played Princess Leia, obviously, and uh, did a whole host of other things. She was a, an accomplished author. She was an accomplished um, actress. She was an accomplished voice actress. Um, she was a, an activist for mental illness, especially. She suffered from bipolar disorder, so she was definitely um, one to speak for that. And she passed away suddenly over the Christmas break and the Christmas holidays, and, and obviously uh, the word came um, you know, that, uh, that she indeed did pass away from her, um, uh, from what she suffered from, uh, you know, heart attack. She suffered on an airplane and, uh, and our hearts, our hearts go out to her. I really do. Um, I don't want to dwell on this though. I mean, it's been a bad year for celebs, uh, Prince, Bowie, Alan Rickman, Alan Thicke. I mean, the list just goes on and on. It really does. I mean, there's just so many celebrities that passed away. Um, this one hurts, though. I mean, this one definitely hurts. Um, and and from not just uh, reaching out to their families, which we do, and not just in a way that is, is of course, we, we feel for them in general, um, but also because from a fan's point of view, her second act was just happening, right? I mean, her second act was really coming into play now. I, I recently watched uh, Force Awakens over the weekend. Um, Rewatched it, I should say. And, uh, and you know, she's there. Harrison Ford, I mean, they're older. They age. I mean, you can't escape father time. I mean, that just is what it is. Uh, but her story in Star Wars was, was just building again. And it's like, you know, I don't want to use the word heroes or role models. You know, for me, my dad was always that, um, especially when I was younger. But they were my icons, you know. I mean, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, you know, especially when he was both Indiana Jones and Force Awakens. Um, 
they were iconic and they were back. Like everyone was back. And and obviously, spoiler alert: if you haven't seen Force Awakens by now, um, you know that uh, Harrison Ford won't be joining them in the next two movies. But you know his character at least you got to see it all the way through. And I know they shot the stuff for um, they shot the, uh, the the stuff for the next installment of Star Wars. However. Are they going to have to re-edit it now? Are they going to have to work on it? And again, look, this is completely selfish. Uh, Debbie Reynolds, her mom, had a stroke today. I mean, this is you know, it, you know, our hearts go out to him. I, I, but as a as a pop culture show, we try to we try to talk about the good, right? We we try to talk how it affects the movies we love, the comics we love, the TV shows we love, uh, the entertainment we love. Um, so, and that's obviously what we're focusing on right now. And you know, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to affect the Star Wars movies going forward. Um, and yes, again, everyone's going to say it doesn't matter. And I agree with you 100%. It, right now, it is not the most important thing on anyone's minds. But it is a question that's going to have to come up at some point. It's the same um, you know, question we had to ask when Heath Ledger passed away. It was, oh my God, you know, he just turned in an iconic performance and now he's gone. And now he can never reprise the Joker again. I mean, he could have reprised the Joker in Suicide Squad. Um, but now... but. Obviously, he couldn't because he was he passed away. Uh, you know the potential. I guess that's really what I'm talking about. And 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 you know, we want to look back and we want to remember her. She was she was she was gorgeous. I mean, she was beautiful, um, and, and both you know inside and out. And uh, and it's a big loss. And uh, it's a question we're going to be dealing with, especially this time next year when Episode Eight comes out. I mean. Even before then, we're going to have to really uh, delve into that. So, Secrets of the Sire is brought to you by all of our beloved patrons. We have dedicated fans Einar Peterson and Ashley Haikai, our program director Stephanie Dolce, our executive producers Steve Hovecki and Brian Phillips, and as always, our uber fan Christina Dolce, who happens to be upstairs in our secret location. For those who just joined us, um, we are actually filming uh, not from our normal uh, digs. We actually kind of did this once before, but we're... Uh, Doing this from uh, from our home base, let's say, uh, you know, where uh, because uh, Talking Alternative happens to be closed. But normally we do it on TalkingAlternative.com. Normally, this is a call-in show, but tonight it is not. Um, if you want your name shouted out on the interwebs, go to MichaelDolce.com. Support the show, uh, even if you just share stuff. Um, we're trying to get our YouTube page going good. That's one of my New Year's resolutions to really rocket that 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 uh, YouTube page and make it something special, give you some clips, give you some specific interviews, um, and uh, and all that fun stuff. Check us out on Instagram. I, I got some plans for Instagram as well, too. Uh, we just we just Instagrammed out a whole bunch of stuff today. It's, it's mdolce64, so go check us out there. Twitter, excuse me, at Michael underscore Dolce, and of course, the Secrets of the Sire Facebook page, which is where we're broadcasting from. Mr. Dan T. Lawson joining us as well, too. This is our Secrets of the Sire 2016 special. Um, so, not sure what the length of this show is going to be. Normally we do an hour. Maybe we'll do an hour. Maybe we'll do a little less. Boom! That is right. He is on. Um, but this will be going up on iTunes just like it always does. It'll be going up on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com uh, slash Secrets of the Sire. We, you know, we had a brief talk about Carrie Fisher for anyone just joining us. or, or and uh, But we want to move on to the good. I mean, there's been so much terrible celebrity. I actually had this idea for a story like what if like there's like a like a like a ring kind of thing happening for celebrities or something like that right like wouldn't that be a cool uh no not cool but you know again me being selfish it's just what i do um in question cue from impractical jokers is in spidey deadpool number 12 well I, that actually is a great segue because we are gonna go 
and talk about, um, you know, a look back on the best of what we've done, what we kind of talked about. Not necessarily the best of the show, but, you know, we're going to feed from the show because I'm a, you know, shameless self-promoter. Um, and we're going to take a look at the best of SOS in uh, 2016. Dan T. Lawson, I am full of great segues. You said defeats at, per at first, but no, uh, definitely welcome Sukumar to our, our live broadcast as well. Um We've actually, we've had a really great year. Uh, we started in January. We've grown pretty fast and pretty strong the first year. And uh, we had really great guest list. I mean, we really did. Like, right now, um, Star Wars expert Hassan Godwin, Walking Dead's Russ Wooten, uh, Xenoscope's Ralph Tedesco, and Jeff Gomez, transmedia expert, are tied for appearances on the show. Um, but we've had tremendous guests and interviews. We've had Kevin Bacon. We've had Chris Cornell, Albert Hammond Jr., Philip Sablick from Boom, Alex Segura from Archie, Ralph Tedesco from Zenoscope mentioned that, Tyler James, Joel Mulvey from Comics Tribe, sculptor David Silva, Warren Simons from, uh, from Valiant, Randy Bish, Brian Bish, Tom Hutchinson from Big Dog Inc., Pat Shand, Atlas Genius, Mike Martz from Aftershock, Derek Becker, the Bad Coyote Funky Bunch, um, of the aforementioned Russ Wooten, Project Triforce, actor Christopher Wood, author Jason Powell, I mean, so many, and I am, I'm sure I'm missing some folks um, but we want to say thank you to them first, because uh, they've uh, definitely been a part of our show, and we really appreciate uh, Dan from Comic Con. Yes, that is right, Dan, Dan T. Lawson. Uh, but you're more of a you're more of a contributor. I'm going to say you're more of a contributor. Uh, he's chiming in on Periscope. It's at Michael underscore Dolce. Um, the lineup we got next year, like let me tell you, it's awesome. We we kick off our 50th episode next week with Joe Mulvey in studio and Paul Jenkins. Uh, calling in from uh, from his home base in Atlanta, so we're gonna have a, a kick ass. But uh, but again, without further ado, let's uh, let's take let's take a look through some of our favorite. We're gonna count down our best of the best. Uh, and like I said, this is kind of a special. This is no uh, normal format. No you know no segments. This and that. We're just gonna run down the best of the best from 2016. Stuff we talked about that you love talking about. Basically, the most popular things that we talked about, and they were definitely the one. And the number one most popular topic, I think without a doubt, maybe tied with one of our other. Um, and, uh, maybe not, so Dan, maybe not the best segment, uh, segue actually, because, uh, this is not what you were talking about, but, uh, Deadpool. So right from our second, um, broadcast, it's, it's okay. You don't have to apologize. Um, right from our second broadcast, uh, we asked the question, actually, we didn't ask the question. I basically told everyone Deadpool will tank. I said it was going to be an, uh, a disaster. I thought it was going to be too faithful to the comic book adaption. Um, it was going to be one of those movies that gets stuck in the middle where the fans kind of look at it and go, well, they didn't do enough for us. And, uh, then they were going to look at the, um, uh, the, the mainstream was going to look at it and be like, I don't get this. Um, yeah. So, uh, I was, uh, I was definitely wrong. Um, but by episode five, I took full credit for its success. You see, anytime I say something will be successful. It will not. Anytime it will, I say something will not be successful, it will. So uh, clearly, I had a hidden motivation. Um, one Golden Globe nomination later, or two actually, two, two Golden Globe nominations later, and um, I am the reason Deadpool is just wonderful. So thank you, Deadpool Nation, um, or, or they should be thanking me. Um, and we're going to talk Golden Globes. Uh, yes, it is the weatherman defense. Um, you know, we're going to be talking Golden Globes next week, too. Um, what what are Deadpool's chances of winning? I don't know. Uh, i got to be honest with you. I don't think it's going to win. Um, I don't think it's going to win anything. Uh, but maybe that's it. Maybe I just won Deadpool the Golden Globe for Best Picture and for Ryan Reynolds. So, again, 
If it happens, uh, thank me. Again, you can actually listen to all these podcasts. Go back on iTunes. Just search for uh, my name, Michael Dolce, or go Secrets of the Sire. Uh, SoundCloud.com slash Secrets of the Sire. You can go through that as well, too. We're going through our best of a best. What a time we live in when a comic book movie is nominated for a Golden Globe. I can't disagree uh, with that statement at all, and I actually, I'm pretty floored by it. Now, it could mean two, one of two things. It could mean that comic books and uh, a comic book, you know, genre has now broken so fully into the mainstream that voters are actually recognizing it as true art, or Hollywood is only, only interested in making big blockbuster movies, and there's not enough artsy movies to go around for the folks on radio and or podcast. Uh, I just did the air quotes for you. All right, moving right along to our number two topic uh, of the year, Civil War versus Batman versus Superman. Um, it, was a, it was a, look, big year, you know, it was funny. It was, a, it was both a big year for comic book movies and a really small year for comic book movies, if you think about it, right? Um, really, war, Deadpool was the, was the blockbuster, and it came out in February. Um, Civil War was a blockbuster, but it just felt like another installment. It, it almost felt, um, it felt, I mean, it felt like an Avengers movie, obviously. It felt like it had some weight when it came to that. Um, and it was, it was a really great movie. Um, you know, but between that and Batman v Superman, those were supposed to be the blockbusters. There was no, there was no blockbuster this year. Ghostbusters was supposed to fill that void. That was an unmitigated disaster. Um, for multiple, multiple reasons. Um, but we, we kind of we kind of played the two, though, against each other, right? We played Civil War versus Batman v Superman. Uh, we asked, whose side are you on? I mean, are you on DC Movie Universe or are you on Marvel Universe? Um, and, and so, you know, to, to my surprise, we've actually had quite a few people be like, you know what? I'm DC, I have faith in them. Um, you know, the, the appointing of Jeff Johns, the appointing of Ben Affleck to kind of kind of helm the universe, I think is, is going to be a steadying influence. But look, Marvel's still got it, and they're still rocking it. Uh, Doctor Strange later in the year just kind of proves how much they're able to kind of do what other people just aren't. I mean, what, what, what other studios are not. And there's a reason why, you know, Marvel's chugging along just nicely and DC's, you know, barely getting out of the gate. I mean, it just is. Uh, the one thing I, we did cover, though, which I thought was a fascinating topic when it came to Civil War, though, um, I thought they got the politics all wrong. Uh, and it's uh, this is going back to Podcast 16, talking about the the, the Tony Stark. Um, and, and I'm not talking about the movie. I'm actually even talking about the comic. The original comic, to me, there was no way Tony Stark is the liberal, um, you know, or, sorry, Captain America is the liberal guy, and Tony Stark is, well, no, I, I guess in that sense they are, but... Um, there's there's no way Tony Stark is, is going to be for government regulation. There's just not. There's, there's none. There is no way. He is a businessman. Businessman. We got a businessman coming in office here. What's he going to What's the first thing he's doing? He's not saying we need more regulation. Now, he is saying we need, um, you know, uh, registration for immigrants. So maybe in that sense, maybe they did get it right. I mean, maybe in hindsight. That's actually kind of a funny uh, little little thing right there. Didn't even see the connection until I just said it, but uh, we did argue that the politics were all wrong. So, um, Extreme Marvel. Now, this was the one that Dan T. Lawson actually segued us into the last time. That was number three. We did. There, there's an initiative at Marvel right now to be as uh, diverse as humanly possible, to be as um, uh, inclusive with their characters, and in and in many ways, that means replacing iconic characters with um, quote unquote diverse characters. 
in one in one instance, we talked about the new Iron Man, which is not a man, nor um, you know Tony Stark. It's uh, I mean that was a big that was kind of a big deal too to see that uh, to see Captain America as a Hydra agent, uh, kind of a big deal. Um, are we one hashtag away from a gay Captain America? Um, Oh, Dan T. Lawson says, not a man nor iron. Discuss. It's actually a 15-year-old black woman. Uh, that is the new Iron Man. So, um, you know, I'll look up uh, her name for a second because her name es escapes me. But, uh, yeah, the new Iron Man in the comics. But now she's not actually going to take over, um, you know, in the... It's Riri Williams, sorry. Um, and female Thor. It's an initiative. It's something that, they're, that they, are, they are openly telling people they are doing. Um, which, in a sense, look, we're big fans of diversity on the show. We really are. I think diversity is a great thing. We had Alex Segura from Archie Comics on last week. And what he did, well, he didn't personally do it, but Archie Comics, what Archie did as an institution was say, we want diversity. We want to introduce a gay character. They didn't go ahead and make Jughead gay. I guess they could have. Or maybe Reggie. I, always, I was always wondering about Reggie. They introduced a brand new character. They they, you know, migrated him in. They they introduced him, and he just assimilated perfectly with everything uh, that Archie was doing. Um, they're pushing a lot of strong female characters. Squirrel Girl kind of upsets me a little bit too. I mean, it's kind of a joke character, and they've kind of made her into this badass because women are not allowed not to be badasses now. You got to realize that too. That's that's the, um, you know. That's the norm, uh, which I thought was kind of interesting. Interesting little note too, and 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 this is this is kind of an interesting observation from watching from rewatching Force Awakens, and we'll talk a little Star Wars a little bit later. Um, Notice that Kylo Ren in that battle at the end, he was shot, and he was, you know, injured a little bit from uh, battling, um, you know, uh, John Boyega's character too, Finn before he ended up fighting Rey. I'm not saying that's why she won, but I actually kind of like it because quite frankly, like, again, there's the, there's the prerequisite now that women can always win in a fight, and I always find that kind of to be interesting when size comes into it. Um, yeah, huge hit to center mass and lightsaber battle while bleeding out. So um, I actually think it's such a more plausible fight. I guess that's the best way to say it. Um, to me, it's a plausible fight because, you know, she just comes into her Jedi powers and, you know, Jedi powers kind of is a great equalizer, right? Gen Jedi knows no gender. I mean, if you're a Jedi, it doesn't matter if you're, a, if you're a man or a woman, you have the Jedi power, you can use the force. Um, that's a big thing, but her, she's just getting into it. He's in a weakened state. Totally get that fight. That fight works for me. Um, so just to, you know, um, I think it plants the hint of weakness on Ray's part. Yeah, I mean, but you know what? I think, I think it just, I think it makes it plausible that she wins. That it's not just I'm female, so I'm gonna beat you. It, there was something that at least played into it. Um, you know, again, that's the that's the mandate. So one of the things again that Marvel was kind of doing. Um, if he wasn't maimed, would he do it? And that's a good question, right? I mean, if he wasn't hurt, would he be able to beat her? See, and I would say this, though, from a Jedi perspective, you know, we're kind of going off topic, but that's okay. We love doing that here. Um, I would say that from a Jedi perspective, if he was 100% healthy, I would think he would have to be able to take her, right? I mean, unless she is the next Anakin in the sense that she's just like light years off the charts. 
um, which can be written in. Again, anything where there's a plausible explanation, not just, hey, we are being PC and we're being politically correct, so the woman obviously has to take, take him down, take down the man. Um, that's where I draw the line. And, and that's kind of where Marvel is going, though. Marvel is going with, you know, there was a big, big push. Um, <clears throat> a rumor that she was the resurrection of the Chosen One. That yeah, could be. Could be. We'll see what, we'll see what, I'm very curious to see where it goes. Um, but we had this whole uh, hashtag for a gay Captain America, give Captain America a boyfriend. You guys remember that? Um, I mean, that's, you know, that was a big, I mean, it's amazing now to span a year. And that's kind of what we're doing. We're just doing a little bit of fun here. We're, we're looking back at the best of 2016, right? 2016 started off in such a different place now. And, and politics has a huge, uh, you know, pull for that too. I mean, politics has a huge um, part in all this. Uh, the response from the country to PC, which actually I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not opposed to it. I think PC culture is a bad thing. I think PC culture is thought police. I think PC culture is 1984. I think it's censorship and people don't understand. You know, we, a lot of artists are very pro PC. A lot of people, you know, but they lean left politically. I lean right. I, I lean in the middle. I mean, there's no way I'm, I'm liberal on some things, more liberal socially. Uh, I tend to be more economically conservative when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm very wary of PC culture. I don't think it's a good thing. I think as an artist, it's actually the worst thing um, because you have to be able to be free to express yourself without being, uh, I don't mean like express yourself being like, I'm going to call n people names. That's not what I'm talking about. But you need to be able to address topics. Um, and, and, and as a writer, especially, you need to be able to see from other people's point of views. Your, your point of view can't be agenda-based. Uh, when it's agenda-based, I mean, it's, 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 it's pamphlet material. It's no better than that, you know? It's no better than that at all. So, um, you know, that's my soapbox, but uh, that's my extreme marvel. All right, we are counting down our top ten. Eh, no order, really. We're just kind of going through the fun stuff that we kind of talked about. Um, again, we're sponsored by Fun Food Flip. They're our new sponsor. Great, awesome uh, company. Um, it's the game for you. If you like apples to apples, you'll love Fun Food Flip. Go to funfoodflip.com and watch the video on their site and get a taste of the good times to come. It's a really cool game. Definitely think you should check it out. Uh, definitely want to give a shout out to Einar Peterson as well, too. Um, I know he's a big listener to the show. Uh, he's got an awesome sci-fi book, so check out his Patreon page. Um, you could actually just type in E-I-N-A-R, that's Einar and Peterson. Go find him on Twitter. Go find him on uh, Facebook. Um, but we wish him the best as well, too. Uh, Tyler James, we'll give a shout-out to him, too. So I'm doing some uh, some Kickstarter stuff. Um, he is a guru when it comes to that. Uh, we hope to have him back on the show. We had him on our uh, Comic-Con edition. Um, that takes me into a next... See, now that's how you do a segue. Uh, Comic-Cons. We did two shows this year, um, from San Diego and from New York Comic-Con. Uh, we did. We discussed a bunch of topics, though, but San Diego Comic-Con was a little... Yeah, boom, boom, segue, segue. Uh, not the one you ride, but uh, San Diego Comic-Con was a little different. I've been there numerous times. This was the one show where I kind of felt that it was a little underwhelming. Um, I think there's definitely Comic-Con fatigue, and that could parallel up. That could be the fact that we had no summer movie. It could be the fact that we had nothing... Um, you know, this year was was a little flat. I mean, uh, in Entertainment Weekly, they were talking about the fact there was no summer movie. There was summer, no summer song. There was no summer movie. Uh, there was no, like, one iconic movie. Or there was a bunch of smaller movies, and that's just what it was. Like, a bunch of smaller movies uh, that kind of culminated into into 2016. Um, it's, it's a great show. 
San Diego is an amazing show. It's just the weather's amazing. The time is amazing. Um, one of the things that didn't help it, in my opinion, on the floor, though, was the fact that there was so many of the big draws. Um, some of the big draws from San Diego was uh, usually being on the show floor and seeing all of the uh, celebrities and seeing all of the, you know, it's like man, it was just chaos, absolute chaos. We welcome at Jersey Jedi seventy one. Big thanks to him as well too for supporting the show. Um, but in this year's San Diego Comic Con, uh, you know, it was a little it was, like I could get up and be like, I'm gonna go get a sandwich now, and I would go get a sandwich, and I'd be back. That shouldn't happen. It should take me like three hours to go from my table, which I had a table there this year. Um, it, so Dan T. Lawson asked if it's a little subdued. It was just. I think everything was so spread out now, but I think also when we go to New York Comic Con, we kind of see the same thing. We see the same thing kind of happening, where um, New York Comic Con was crazy, it was fun, but they're spreading it out as well, too. So, good things to watch, right? Uh, is there con fatigue? Has the con bubble burst? I think it has. I think Comic Cons in general, I think there's so many of them out there now. I think it all kind of contributes. Um, I don't want to say politics had anything to do with it, but NFL complains that the election kind of did something to it. But I would think the election would, would cause people to go to these shows more. That's my, my thinking. But that was one of the topics we talked about. We did that a lot. All right. Number five, race swapping, diversity. We kind of touched upon it with the Marvel initiative. Um, but race swapping as a whole, um, big thing, right? Spider-Man Homecoming, Zendaya cast as Mary Jane. Uh, that was a big topic. Uh, that got a lot of... Um, you know, things that uh, a lot of people kind of up there saying, you know, now we have a little more information, right? And we have Spider-Man Homecoming, the trailer came out. And from what I'm seeing, it's just my own best guess, we are seeing the the Miles Morales storyline merged with the Peter Parker storyline. Uh, because it looks like Miles Morales' best friend is the one sitting next to Peter Parker in the high school. Uh, so if they are... Um, if they are kind of merged together, we talked about the trailer last week too. Um, so you can kind of, you know, kind of hear the same, uh, thoughts on that. I, I thought it was interesting, but they, they basically merged the two. I think they've, I think, you know, from just from what I'm seeing, it looks like this is the Miles Morales story told as Peter Parker. And if that's the case, then an interracial Mary Jane makes a hundred percent sense, right? Well, okay. Not that they did that in Miles Morales' world, but, um, but again, it's, it's, it's a very, diverse setting this is an ultimate universe um and i think i think also uh, there were definitely tons of ditko references in that trailer dante lawson chiming in and and i agree um i like the webbing underneath it but the webbing underneath his arms was probably the best part of that right i mean that trailer was a little underwhelming in terms of showing us it actually showed me too much tony stark for my liking um i don't think we need to know that that iron man is that big a role in it i mean look this is spider-man it should be a spider-man movie I know Tony Stark's going to have a big, you know, thing in there, but we only saw a little bit of the Vulture. Uh, Michael Keaton looked pretty, pretty badass. Michael Keaton's a badass actor. He's going to make a great villain. Um, but uh, the trailer was a little underwhelming, but the one key takeaway was, I think, that is the merging of that story. Uh, we also talked about how the superhero power list, uh, EW named, like, and, uh, like, Wonder Woman as the, uh, I, I mean... It named Wonder Woman as the number one power, most powerful superhero. It's a completely subjective list. But again, it was, I mean, again, just how far we've come now, thanks to the election, in terms of PC culture kind of taking a hit. I mean, it's such a PC thing to do to say Wonder Woman's the most powerful. Uh, 
especially some of the reasoning that they gave at the time. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. So, um, you know, you can definitely check that out. It was episode uh, 40. Um, and that got, actually, that got the most views of mine on SoundCloud. So, um, and yeah, the list was very mainstream. I mean, that's exactly what it was. It was, it was, it was pandering. I mean, I think it was pandering in a way. I think Wonder Woman's up there. I think Gail Godot did an amazing job. She was one of the best things in Batman v Superman. I think Ben Affleck was the unanimous second best thing. Um, I think that Zack Snyder wanted to make a Batman movie, and he ended up making a Batman v Superman movie. But, um, you know, we talked briefly about Batman v Superman. Uh, the future DC is up in the air. Um, you know, definitely, definitely not so good. All right, number six, Suicide Squad. This was, okay, aside from Deadpool, the number one thing that got, uh, and I'm going by fan reaction. The most reaction I've gotten was when I talk about Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad really was, um, it was, a, it was, a, it was, a, it was a touching point. It was definitely something that sparked interest and controversy because it had all the pressure. So we did an episode titled, Will Suicide Squad be DC's Deadpool or another Batman v Superman? Um, Suicide Squad, DC's savior or worst film yet? I have not watched the extended cut of Suicide Squad yet. I'll get around to it, I'm sure, at some point. The extended cuts to me are always... Uh, I watched the Superman 2 extended cut... Um, because I think so much time has passed, it was kind of cool to see it, and, and it had such a drastic, you know, difference in it. Um, I think some of the director's cuts, though, I, look, I got too many other movies I gotta watch at this point, it's like going back to watch this again, it just didn't make sense to me, but, um, yeah, it's like Harley Quinn and the Suicide Squad. Well, she was clearly the breakout from that movie, and, and it's really, I mean, it's really funny. I slap a Harley Quinn image, I talk Suicide Squad boom, like hits galore, you know, and we're doing really well as a show, so I'm really excited about it, I'm really excited, I'm really thankful to everyone as well, too, for tuning in, uh, even our uh, resident troll, um, Fika Leon, our, uh, our um, loyal fan, um, a spot of Primera Stark, who chimes in every week, Dante Lawson chimes in as well, too, Saints Girl 878, doing good, like all these, uh, you know, Brian Everham, um, Brian Everham on, on Facebook chimes in every week, uh, so there's there's a lot of really we've we've made a lot of great friends and uh, and great stuff. So but uh, but man, you slap a Margot Robbie on the Suicide Squad, put that up there. Holy cow, man! People just flock to it. So um, curious to see when the Sirens movie comes out. Curious in general. All right, number seven on our list. Again, we're counting down. Again, no particular order. We're just counting down the ten um, coolest things that we've kind of talked about in this year. Uh, next week we're gonna have an amazing show. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna kick off 2017. We're gonna talk Golden Globes, Deadpool's chances of winning. We got Joe Mulvey in studio. We got Paul Jenkins coming in on the phone. Uh, I mean, we got an, we got an amazing show next week. So not that this is not an amazing show, but we're a little we're a little you know we're just doing a little New Year's uh, a little New Year's bash. You know, get the get the champagne going, get the uh, you know get the bottles of beer going. You know, it's uh, it, it, it's celebration time. Uh, we did talk about Carrie Fisher as well, too. Uh, we're mourning her loss. We're curious what's going to happen with uh, with the Star Wars movie going forward now, too. I mean, it's a, it's a logical place. We're going to be talking about that for a while. Uh, Ryan Reynolds wants a Deadpool Wolverine movie. That would be the number one thing in 2017. We got Logan coming. Um, I would love a Deadpool Wolverine movie. I mean, uh, Deadpool, though, look, Deadpool coming out in the sequel, that was one of our number one things we talked about. Very curious if they can duplicate the success. I don't know if they can. I gotta be honest with you. I don't know if they can. I think I think the stakes are gonna be too high. Um, and not that he's a one-trick pony, but one of the things that made Deadpool so great was the fact that it was different and it was kind of making fun of everything. Um, 
but now he is a successful movie. So, I mean, he'll make fun of that, too. I mean, they'll definitely do that. But they parted with their director. Tim Gunn's not the director anymore. That's never good when the director leaves um, a successful um, sequel, you know? And, uh, yeah, you have to hit the bar again. It's good. It's going to be It's going to be tough. There's no question about it. It's going to be tough. All right, our number seven, best of the best, 2016, Kevin Bacon. We got to, uh, we got just all our great interviews. We got to interview Kevin Bacon. We got to interview uh, Chris Cornell, um, Atlas Genius, Albert Hammond Jr. Uh, like I said, I ran down a list of folks from the comic book world. Um, we've got a great list coming up next. I mean, just in January, we got Erica Schultz, uh, DC writer. We got Justin Gray, DC writer. We got Paul Jenkins. Um, we got Eric Palicki, um, uh, Adrian Palicki's brother who also writes comics, and he just launched a hugely successful book through uh, Black Mask Comics, so I'm very curious to hear about them. Uh, we really knocked it out, and we're going we're gonna to keep going, and, and uh, I'm really looking forward to, to getting as many uh, great guests as I can possibly can uh, coming up in 2017. All right, number eight, we did the pop culture throwdown. This was a fun thing, and I actually, I tweeted, um, I am, yeah, uh, Dan T. Lawson, you are now six degrees of Kevin Bacon. I am. I'm like degree number two. Um, so uh, technically, he said it, though. I have to be in a movie with him uh, to be a, to be like a number one or two, but he said, but that's fine with him. Uh, so go check it out. Actually, it was, uh, it was episode uh, 28, uh, you can you can definitely check out the uh, Kevin Bacon interview there. All right, the pop culture throwdown: Doctor Who versus Archer versus Stranger Things. Um, I had three of my friends who were also fans of the show, thankfully, uh, call in, and they had to convince me which show I should be watching right now. And then we kind of did a little, um, you know, uh, Brian Phillips picked Doctor Doctor Who, um, Jack O'Donnell picked Archer, Keith McCormick picked Stranger Things. Ultimately, Stranger Things won it. Um, and I still have to watch it, so I will, because I just have to. Um, so yeah, so that was our pop culture throwdown. But the cool part is we had Mark Brooks chiming in. Um, we had a lot of activity, a lot of chatter. It was a lot of fun. It was just a lot of fun. Uh, Pat Shand, one of our guests, is like, you got to get me on for one of those things. So we're gonna do a little pros versus pros um, segment, and uh, and we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it in the new year. I think it's gonna be a pretty cool thing too. So get get set for that. All right, number nine, Westworld, Game of Thrones, Walking Dead. You know, we didn't forget the TV. TV was huge this year. Um, you know, I think I think there's definitely a lot of um, you know the Arrowverse as well too. Westworld is my new favorite show. It's really funny too because Game of Thrones was so amazing. We 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 went through the Battle of the Bastards episode twenty three. Battle of Bastards, was, I mean, it was Emmy winning. It was it was breathtaking. It was unbelievable. It was, it was incredible. You can't beat it, right? Um, but then you also have. Westworld now is like my 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 new thing. Like I am just chomping at the bit. They're waiting until 2018 to come back, but um, definitely big recommendation on that. Walking Dead. We talked about whether it jumped the shark. Uh, we had Russ Wooten from Walking Dead um, coming in 2017. Iron Fist. We did Luke Cage. I mean, we 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 definitely ran the gamut. But I tell you, my big my big two my big takeaways was. HBO is just dominating when it comes to this. I think HBO is the network. Um, I think it even it outdoes the Netflix universe. Um, I think Daredevil season one was amazing. It's tough to get into season two. I know Punisher's coming. Iron Fist is coming. Luke Cage is there. Jessica Jones. I have to watch all these things, and I will. It'll, it'll be down there. That's why you got to support our Patreon page. So if you're listening to this and you kind of dig the show, um, go to go to MichaelDolce.com. My name, Michael Dolce, D-O-L-C-E. dot com. It'll take you right to our Patreon page. You can pledge like a dollar a month. Um, just, you know, help support the show, and um, it'll be great. Be great stuff. All right, we are getting down 
to the bitter end here. Jessica Jones is dark. You may need a hug after it. Well, I mean, Jessica Jones was based on the comic. I mean, it was based on the comic, and it was based on, um, I mean, pretty much the alias run from from Bendis. And uh, I think it was it was pretty, pretty, pretty faithful to it. But um, you know, we'll see. I, I'll you know, I definitely take it all in. Uh, Netflix is not my go-to, and uh, I have a ten-month-old, so time is at a, is at quite the premium. Um, but this is, you know, this is what we're kind of doing. So just to kind of recap a little bit before we get to our last uh, bit of the evening, uh, we definitely gave a, a farewell to Carrie Fisher. Um, really, really sad. I mean, it's just really sad news. I mean, she was just so beautiful and she was so wonderful and she meant a lot. You know, she, you know, you, we talked about the diversity in, in comics and the diversity in TV and movies and the forced diversity and this and that and the agenda, agenda politics and the agenda writing. Which, which I'm, I'm very opposed to, right? Uh, she was the first, like, f I think, strong female character that, that females had to, could actually, you know, look up to. Princess Leia was not, and, and she was awesome, right? And she also kind of makes it, in a way, um, like, a, like it, it almost set the standard for what every, like, geek guy was would be looking for in a girl, like, right? I mean, like, it, it was one of those things where, you know, She's in the when they're in the garbage chute, right? And they, and they're and they're fighting. And she's like, and Han Solo is like trying to you know maneuver his way out. And Mark Hamill's you know too short to be a stormtrooper. And she's like, I'm gonna save you guys. And it's like, yes, yes, we want that. We want that. And um, and women can look up to him and say, I want to be that. And you know, she was she was second fiddle to no one. Um, and, and and that was a you know from a character point of view. She was truly uh, one of a kind and truly a pioneer in that sense. Um, and, and the worst part we kind of touched upon at the beginning of the show is she was just, she was, her second act was, was, was there. I mean, her, I mean, really, like she had a second act. My dad and I were talking about it and she said, you know, he said she had a lot of problems getting roles because she was Princess Leia, you know. And then obviously she had some, some personal issues. She had the bipolar disorder and the drug abuse and this, this and that, but like, you know, she had a lot of problems getting roles because she was Princess Leia. And now, 30 years later, it's like, you can be Princess Leia again. And you can you can be this, like, pop culture icon. Kind of like Harrison Ford is now. I mean, Harrison Ford is, like, revered. Uh, and he should be. Uh, don't get me wrong. He absolutely should be. But all of these guys, I mean, so much time has passed. Where I feel like I feel like musicians kind of go through this phase, um, you know, where she basically, yes, the, the last scene where she and Ray em embrace, I mean, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful moment. We're not going to have, we're going to have that for one more movie now. Uh, you know, and I don't, I don't mean to think on selfish terms. I know it's kind of fresh in everyone's mind, but look, this, these are the conversations we're going to be having next year. Um, you know, what, where do they go? What do they do? Do they write her character out? Do they CGI her in? Uh, kind of like what they, what, you know, uh, what they can do. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a slippery slope um, because you do have a fine line of, of she's a person behind that actress. And then she is a character, like you know, she is a character in that sense. Um, I don't know what I'd like to see. I, I got to be honest with you; it is still fresh. I don't know what they want to do. I, I kind of hope they don't write her out so much as maybe move her to the back. But we don't know what kind of role she was going to have in the second. I think it's all going to come down to we have to see what what they do with the second film now. Um, and they look; they've got time. They can re-edit it. Um, they can kind of um, explain away things. I, you know, would they do the Grand Marf talk? You know, Grand Marf talk. Uh, boy, not gonna happen. Um, you know, she filmed everything for the second, but the third, the third installment, she's obviously not gonna be around for filming for that. So, 
very, very curious to see what they end up doing with that. And and that leads into our tenth, um, number ten on the night. And uh, I really appreciate everyone who joined us live. Um, I appreciate Sukumara joined us live, and Brian Phillips, who's uh, who's on with us, and Dan T. Lawson, Christina Dolce. Um, I, I, I miss Fika Leone. I don't know where he is. Spot of Premier Stark. I know they'll. I know uh, he'll be back as well too next week, hopefully. Um, Star Wars Rogue One. That was a big thing. We did our our show last week. Had Hassan Godwin in studio with us, and uh, we're gonna hopefully be seeing Saints Girl. Says hi and good night, good night and hi as well too. Um, we're going to be seeing more of Hassan Godwin on the show. I thought that was really a lot of fun. Um, go check out, I mean, it was one of our biggest videos that we've done now and uh, one of our biggest podcasts. And look, Rogue One was awesome, right? I mean, Rogue One was really great. The Star Wars universe itself just has such a bright future to it. It really does. Um, everything about it is really cool. Like I said, I rewatched Force Awakens. Um, kind of posted this um, and um, had a little back and forth with Hassan, too, because Hassan was a prequel apologist, which I... I uh, you know, again, the prequels to me, no good. And, um, you know, definitely what I did love um, about Rogue One, one of the many things I loved about Rogue One was it kind of showed us what the prequels could have been. Um, and it definitely, it was something that um, I, I feel, you know, could have been something really, really, really special. Um, and actually, talking to a friend of mine on the, uh, the the holiday break, he thinks there's a chance in 20 years, uh, even less than 20 years, though, when they're done wrapping up the trilogy, they might remake the prequels. You know, they might actually give the story. You know, Hassan's argument was he got to see all the stuff that, he you know, makes everything else bigger. He It, it opens up the world. I've had, to, um, uh, you know, definitely... Um, I had that same argument with someone on Twitter where, she, you, know, um, you know, she said... Uh, it was, you know, I got to see everything, and it was like, yeah, okay, you got to, you got to see it. Uh, Daquan Kane, um, he wrote some great articles about it too, so give a shout out to him as well too. Um, you know, and and he was a big prequels guy also, and it's like, yeah, I get to see all this stuff, but execution versus intention to me is is the bottom line. I, and now his big thing was he thought Episode Three was better than Return of the Jedi. I've heard that. I don't agree with that, but I, I think Episode Three was 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 decent and was fair. Um, but to me, Rogue One is the epitome of what a prequel could have been. I mean, really could have been. And I think we all agree it's the best of the new films. But now Hassan also had the argument that he thought Force Awakens was just a two-hour trailer for the next movie. And you know what's funny? The beginning of that movie, I think, is really, really good. I think it's really... Um, uh, Something that I think the beginning of Force Awakens is actually better than the movie ended up because I was watching it again, rewatching it uh, just to kind of get fresh again on it. Um, but I think the introduction of Finn is is really great. And we just got Daquan Kane just joined us. I just gave you a shout out. It's really kind of funny. Um, you can always join us every week too. We're on TalkingAlternative.com. We're on Facebook.com/slash/sire. Do this every week, um, and um, you know definitely. Uh, love having you guys streaming us live, but if not, you can catch us on iTunes, SoundCloud as well, too. You just look up Secrets of the Sire and uh, check out our podcast or check out our video replay. We'll get the YouTube channel going up in 2017 at some point. But yeah, I mean, you definitely, I think I think a lot of people are hating on Force Awakens, and I'm not sure, I don't understand it. I, I do get some folks who are saying that it, it, is, it is New Hope all over again. Yes, there's a lot of elements to it, but I think that what they did with Force Awakens... Um, there's no Rogue One without Force Awakens. So to me, Force Awakens, 
rebooted that whole universe, and that's what J.J. Abrams does. And yes, he brought in familiar, you know, familiar things. Um, the Star Killer base, I know, original. Um, uh, what do you call it? it? Was the original name of Anakin? So and Luke was supposed to be Luke Starkiller. So the Starkiller, but look, there's a little nod to all that stuff. Seeing Han and Chewie again, it, look, it's it's also really tough, right? I mean, if they didn't reintroduce Han and Chewie, you know, would we be having the same complaints though about Force Awakens being too much like A New Hope? I don't know. I don't. I don't, you know, it's a, it's a good question because I did actually find myself enjoying the first half of the movie more than the second half except I love Kylo Ren I think that's I think all the new cast really really cool right like I think I think that's the biggest thing um, but at the same time I'm watching I'm rewatching Force Awakens after having just watched Rogue One where Rogue One has a completely new cast with cameos not major roles with the exception of, uh, of the Grand Marfa actually um, uh, and I know I'm mispronouncing it because you know it just is what it is um, so, you know, it's a good question. It's a, it's a really good question. I think ultimately though, it did the job and it did what it had to do. And Rogue One is now just taking off from there. And I think next year is going to just be amazing. All right. We have had a tremendous show. This is a special edition. Um, episode 50 of Secret of the Sire comes at you next week. We do a 27 kick, 2017 kickoff bash. So big, it'll make your head explode. We got creator Joel Movie in studio. We got comic book icon Paul Jenkins via phone. Yeah, phone, because that's what we do. Uh, talking comics, movies, and TV, and all the cool stuff he's working on. This is Secrets of the Sire. I want to wish everybody a happy new year. A big thank you. This is our first year. Um, we'll do a little year, um, one-year anniversary show uh, in a couple weeks as well, too. Um, do this every week, Wednesday, 8 p.m., TalkingAlternative.com. Good night, folks.